God bless you. This is Pastor Gavin Taylor, and I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. It is my prayer that you will enjoy this message. May God richly bless you, and I want you to never forget you are blessed and you can't be cursed. So, we're going to go over today Jehovah Mekadesh. Right? So, Jehovah Mekadesh is the Lord who sanctifies or who consecrates. Now, to consecrate, it means to set apart for holiness, to set apart for his use, right? So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 through 24, it says there, and I love this scripture because it really breaks down every part of man so that you understand every part. And the very God of peace sanctify you or separate you wholly or completely. And he says, and I pray God your whole spirit your whole soul and your whole body be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus. Faithful is he who, call, who calleth you, who also will do it. So, he, so there's, there's, again, three parts of you. You are spirit, your soul. I mean, you, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you live in a physical body. Okay? So you are not a body. That is what you live in. That is your earth suit. That is what enables you to touch this physical world, right? Your body does. Once you, it, death means simply this. It means separation from. It doesn't mean cessation of life. You're going to live forever. Not on this planet you won't, <laughs> but you will live forever. You know what I'm saying? You're going to live forever somewhere, and that's why it's important to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, because if, if you don't, Unfortunately, there's, there is a hell to shun about, uh, that people say, the old saying goes. is a heaven again and a hell to shun. But if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will live forever in a place called heaven, which is our eternal home. So, you, you, so when you die, you don't just cease to exist. You are separated, right? Your physical body is separated from your eternal spirit and soul, which goes on to live forever. And your body goes back to what it was, dirt. <laughs> you know, that's why they say ashes to ashes and dust to dust, because it's going to turn back to what it was. When God created Adam, he took dirt, or, you know, and he began, he calls clay, right? But he took dirt and he began to form Adam like a sculpture. You know, he sculpted a man. And then when he breathed into him, the Bible says he became a living soul or he became aware of himself. See, your soul, see with, your, with your body, you touch this physical world. With your soul, you touch yourself. That's why he became aware of himself. See, because your soul doesn't tell you what God thinks. It tells you what you think. It doesn't tell you what you feel. It tells you what you feel. It doesn't tell you what God feels. It tells you what you feel. And it doesn't tell you what God wants. It tells you what you want. So we touch our self with our soul. And then you have, of course, you're an eternal spirit. The very essence of you is spirit. That's what you are. God is a spirit, the Bible says, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The part of you that got saved was your spirit. The rest of you has not been completely saved yet. Your soul is in the process, and your flesh will never be saved until we get a glorified body like our Lord Jesus. And that's why there's a constant battle going on. Because your, your spirit and your flesh are at war constantly. Your flesh wants to live for itself and is in cahoots with the devil. <laughs> you know, your spirit wants to live for God. And then what's in the middle or the swing vote is your soul. And that because that's where you decide action. That's where you make the decision on what you're going to do. So here's, so for example, now this ain't my message, but for example, here you are laying in the bed, right? <laughs> and um, your flesh tells you, don't get up. I don't feel like, see, I don't feel, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading the word of God, right? I don't, see, I don't feel like, sir, I feel like, I feel like having sex, you know? I feel like, you know, drinking, taking drugs, you know, I, whatever your thing is, I, I, that's what I feel like doing. 
I don't feel like serving God. I feel like doing this. <laughs> I feel like sinning. <laughs> I don't feel like serving. You know, that's what your flesh does. Your spirit is saying, let's serve God. Let's pray. Let's read. Let's go to church. You know, that's what your spirit is saying. And then your soul is in between. Is it right in the middle? And then you're going to decide, you know. And that's why it's so important that you feed on the scriptures. Because what you do is you begin to, you begin to, the Bible says that we have to put our body on the altar, right, as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you're, what happens is when, as you read the word of God, as you come, your, your mind begins to be renewed. You, you stop thinking like the world and you think, start thinking more like God. And the more you begin to think like God, the more your soul will begin to side with your spirit. All right, you guys looking at me like I'm from outer space or something like that. But it's so true, you know. And see, that's why the Bible says, see, he, he, sets, he sets it up. He says, I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, those three parts of you, he wants them to be preserved blameless. Your spirit is all right. Your spirit is saved. Your soul is in the process. It is your flesh that's the problem. And the Bible says that all we can do with the flesh is put it under. In other words, you cannot reason with your flesh. You cannot convince your flesh to serve God. Your flesh will never feel like serving God. You must force it to serve God. You have to make it obedient to you. You know what I'm saying? You have to, you, you, you're te you, you tell your, your flesh, we're going to church. It's not up for, it's not up for a debate. We're going. We're going to pray. You know, we're going to read the word of God. We're not going to watch that filthy thing on TV. You know, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna live right. You have to make your flesh do it because it won't do it on its own. So the bottom line is this. See, God, see, God wants you sanctified. Right? And you know, a lot of people say, and I'm going to get into this, but you know, a lot of people say, you know, they used to say in the old church, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, like. Now, you know, I've learned that, you know, there's a lot of people that may be saved, a lot of people that may even be filled with the Holy Ghost. But sanctification is a whole different ball game. Sanctification is a different ball game. And um, so we're going to get into that a little bit today. But the Bible says that God sanctifies you, right? He sanctifies you. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verses, verse 12, it says, also, also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them, that they might know without any doubt that I am the Lord who sanctifies them, or I separate them and set them apart. Now, again, to sanctify or to consecrate means to set apart or separate or to declare holy. And I put it here, see, God being consecrated means to be separated for God's purpose. When you become one of God's children, he separates you from the rest of the world. Do you know that? This separation is for your protection and also because he wants to bless you. When he separates you, however, he also expects you to live different than the world he has separated you from. See, he separates you unto himself. Separating you from evil and wickedness. You see, he's holy. And because he's holy, he expects you to be holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Right? That means that we're responsible for sanctifying ourselves. Right? He separated us. He sanctified us. Now we have to sanctify ourselves. We have to, in other words, we have to separate ourselves from. In other words, a born-again believer no longer is living for himself. Or herself and definitely is not living in servitude to the devil that means that we stop touching things that are unclean this is not going to be a popular message I'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> I'm tell you right now this is gonna have nothing to do it will in a way but it has nothing to do with getting blessed <laughs> it will but I'm not I'm not focusing on you know God giving you a house and a car today all right <laughs> here's some stuff that you May not want to hear. And I put it here. See, that, that, that means we have to stop allowing the world to get on us 
and get in us because we are now separated unto God. Now, this sanctification also carries blessings and favor with it. No question about it. It opens the door to opportunities. It affords you and I special privileges as his children. Also, when we separate ourselves from the world unto him, we are protected from things that are happening in the world. That's because God begins to protect us from it. Let me just give you some more scriptures here. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, and I'm reading in the Amplified, he says this. He says, but you are a, cho a chosen race, a royal priesthood, or a kingdom of priests. Do you know that when, when you got saved, he, you, you were translated from this natural world into the kingdom of God? And you became a king or a queen and a priest unto him. And he says, you're a chosen race, you're a royal priesthood, you're a consecrated nation, or you're separated from. And he says, you're a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he says, once you are not a people at all, but now you're God's people. Oh, my God. See, once, once you weren't even a people at all, you know, you are, you, you, you're not a nobody anymore. You used to be. I used to be. You weren't even a, even a people, the Bible says. But he says, now you're God's people. My God. And he says, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And he says, beloved, I urge you. Now listen to this. I want you to listen to this word. As aliens and strangers in this world. Did you know that you're an alien <laughs> and you're a stranger in this world? The Bible says that we are in this world, but we're not of it. See, we're visiting from another planet. <laughs> we're an alien. We're just kind of checking things out. <laughs> and we are trying to, you know, like they did in those movies, they abduct people. <laughs> Take them to Mars. <laughs> We're trying to take, abduct people and take them to heaven. <laughs> We're trying to rescue them from this planet. We know that it's going to hell in a handbasket, and we're trying to get to save as many people as possible before it does. We are aliens and strangers, the Bible says, in this world. And see, and that's why it blows my mind when we get, the Bible says no you know, no, no one that has enlisted in service entangles himself with the affairs of this life. See, we get so entangled in what's happening on this planet. So caught up in what's going on. You know, all up in the uproar of who's the next president and all that stuff. I mean, we are, you know, if you were, if, I thought about this. If you were, if you were a citizen of, of France, right? And you came over here, well, let, let, let's, let's flip it. Let's say you went to visit Paris, France, to hang out. Would you care who the president is over there? <laughs> who wins the election? Would you care? Would you want to try to figure out how you can get involved, you know, so that you can vote, you know, so that somebody can be elected in Paris? Would you care about that? <laughs> Why? Because you're, 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 you're an alien over there. You know, you're a stranger. You're, you're just coming there to visit. You know, you're, you're just checking out the sites. You're eating the food and stuff like that, and you're tasting those pastries. Now, I've been there, man. Those pastries are amazing. My God, man. Some of the best pastries in the world. You know? But um, I'm not trying to figure out who's the president over there. I don't even know if they have a president, you know? <laughs> Prime minister, who I don't know what they got over there. But I'm not trying to figure it out. I want to vote, <laughs> you know? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with voting. I'm not telling you not to vote. What I'm saying is people are so caught up. Like, I mean, they're losing their peace over who's the president. I know people that were telling me, I could barely sleep. I'm like, are you serious? Over who's the president? I'm not losing not one wink of ounce of sleep over who, who man going to be in the White House. 
We are aliens and strangers in this world. Just like you will be visiting France, you're visiting Earth. And he says, as because of that, abstain from your sensual urges, those dishonorable desires that wage war against the soul. See, we just talked about the soul. See, those, those desires are waging war against your soul. The desires of your flesh is talking about. Your flesh wants to do things, and your, and, and, and your soul is saying, I, should not, I know I should not be doing that. Is waging war. And he says, keep your behavior excellent among the unsaved Gentiles, right? Conduct yourself honorably with graciousness and integrity. Talking about us as Christians to the unsaved world. So that for whatever reason, they may slander you as evildoers, yet by observing your good deeds, they may instead come to glorify God in a day of visitation. See, when they see what you do, see, they start to, oh, there's people in the church, you know, blah, blah, blah. So when they see you, they're supposed to see something different. And as a result, they, they, they're going to glorify God. You know, all those pastors, all you want to do is take all your money, you know, like. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff going on now, you know. They talk about, you know, talk about the church, like, horribly, you know. But when they see us doing good works, they see us at the food pantry, giving out food. Right? When they see us out there doing stuff like that, blessing those that are in need, you know, like we're going to do, we're going to give out. There's, there's children that may not even have a Christmas unless we give it to them. And we're going to give toys to over 100 kids. And when they see that, they're going to say, wow, that church over there. I don't know about some of these others, but I know that church over there. They feed 1,000 people a month. I know that. I've seen it, right? I've seen that that church over there. They give 100 kids toys on Christmas. We saw that. We see that. And as a result, not, they don't glorify us. They glorify God. Because it ain't us. It's God that puts it in our hearts to do things like that. I mean, what sane person would want to go out in the middle of a pandemic and give out food to thousands of people? Only, only God can put that in your heart to do something like that. Only the love of God can move you to do that. Because you're thinking about your own safety. But only God, you know. And when people see that, they say, man, God is faithful. God is so good to me that he would send people out here to bless us like this. And that's how you win the lost. So, so it goes on to say, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. I want to I keep moving because I'm really getting caught up in this I love this but see he sanctifies us but 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verses 17 to 20 it says now I want you to understand this he says therefore if any man be in Christ right if any man be in Christ any woman be in Christ anybody giving their life to Jesus in here the Bible says he is a new creature in the Greek it says he is a new species of being that has never existed before brand new Completely new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And it says, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. God is so beautiful. He reconciled us, or he brought us back into right relationship with him. We were, we, we were at war with God. And he reconciled us back to himself through Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you become reconciled unto God. We become friends again. We couldn't, we, we couldn't be friends, right? Because he was holy and we were unholy. But the blood of Jesus makes you holy. And, but that's where we come in. The first drop, shedding of blood, makes you holy. Then you got to live holy. And the Bible says that he reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Did you know that every single one of you here today are ministers? You are ministers, the Bible says, of reconciliation. It is our responsibility 
Just like we have been brought back into right relationship with God to bring other people into right relationship with God. Somebody once spoke to you, shared the gospel with you. Probably a thousand times. I got the gospel shared with me a thousand times. And I was just like, man, I don't want to hear that, man. <laughs> I spent years saying, I don't want to hear that, man. Don't talk to me about no Jesus. Man. I, I spent years doing that. One day, it just, you know, it, God got me and reconciled me to himself. Through, it, took, took many, it took many people <laughs> to share the love of God with me. Many people to share Christ with me. Many people. But one day, he got me. And I was reconciled to him. And now it's my responsibility to be one of those people that somebody say, man, I don't want to hear that about Jesus. <laughs> See, some people, you go talk to them, and they're going to say, man, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but you're going to get some that are going to say, yeah, I want to hear I want to hear that. You know? And that's why, that's why we can't get caught up in that, because the Bible says there's some plant, some water, but it's God that gives the increase. See, we all do our part. We all do our part. Today, somebody tells you no, guess what you did? You sowed a seed. Right? They, they may not have got saved today, but you sowed a seed. And you told somebody, man, Jesus loves you, man. I want you to know. I don't think he loves me, you know. I'm telling you, he loves you, man. You know, you sowed a seed. <laughs> and then somebody else talks to them, and they say, man, I said, I don't want to hear that, you know. And that person watered them. See, some plant, some water. But see, that thing is on the inside. That, that seed is on the inside of them. And that water is being poured on them every time somebody talks to them about Jesus. And then eventually, God gets the increase. <laughs> I tell you, man, God is something else, man. So he reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation, right? The gospel. And it says, now I want, this is what I wanted to get to. I want you to understand this. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ that be reconciled to God. So we are ambassadors. Remember I said you're, you're aliens, Right? If you come here from another country, you know, and you, you, and you have some status, you could be an ambassador of another country. And that just means you're a representative of another country. And see, we represent heaven. We're a representative. And we're here to tell you how awesome heaven is. I want to tell you how awesome it, the God we serve is. I, 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 wanna, I want you to... to to understand how beautiful it is. See, that's why you can't be complaining all the time. You know, that's why you can't be doing that because, you know, then they, people be like, man, why would I want to serve that God, man? You're always complaining. You always got issues, you know. I want to serve that guy. ain't helping you out. <laughs> you know, you ain't got no peace. You ain't got no joy, man. You ain't got none of that stuff. Why, I wanna, why, why would I want to serve that God? And you say, yeah, I got this going on, got that. Hey, you want to come to church with me? For what? <laughs> For what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he says, see, we are his ambassadors. And I put here, you know, this is really good, and I really believe this is God. But I like to consider Christians as a nation, being a Christian as being a nation within a nation. You see... You know, again, you're not just an American citizen. You are now a citizen of heaven. And not just a citizen of heaven, but an ambassador from heaven. Now, again, an ambassador is a diplomat sent by a country as its permanent representative in a foreign country. That's what an ambassador is. Did you get that? Is that good or what? A diplomat sent by a country as its permanent representative in a foreign country. So here we are on earth as heaven's permanent representative, an ambassador, a diplomat, ready to share with people how amazing heaven is. And I put here, see, that's why the closer you get to connecting with the kingdom of heaven, 
the more people's lifestyles will begin to look strange to you. Listen to this. You see, as a foreigner, everything that's done in another country looks a little strange. It looks strange not because, just because it's different. You know, we don't, we don't do things the same way. And I put it here, see, when you see sin as a citizen of heaven, it should look strange to you. You should start, you know, to think, you know, we don't do that where I'm from. <laughs> Have you ever been somewhere and you'd be like, we don't do it like that. <laughs> what is this? Thing? We don't do it like that. You know, you go to, see, here you are. We're from New Jersey, New York. We eat pizza a certain way, man. <laughs> You go to Chicago, they got deep dish. You know, we go over there, we be like, this ain't like, this ain't, this ain't no pizza. <laughs> it ain't like that where I'm from. <laughs> we not, we not loose to that thick old pizza like that. We used to, the, the thinner slice, you know, with them. I'm telling you, man. You know, so it's like, you know, you start, you know, you look at it, you start looking around, you're like, this is, that's not right. That looks different, you know. And I, and I put here, for example, you know, I, and I, I mentioned Paris. When I went to Paris, their lifestyle is completely different from ours, completely. They live a life different from the way we live it here. Even the money looks different. Money looks like play money. <laughs> and I made, the thing that blew my mind was it was worth more than our money. <laughs> I got all this play money in my hand, it looks like, you know, and it's worth more than our money. And um, I put here, see, I was a foreigner. And I can feel it, and everyone in the country knew it. <laughs> you can network with you now. You know, you go over there and you start talking English, you know. You'll be like, can I, somebody here speak English? <laughs> you because know? I, speak, I speak very little French, you know. But you can get around. You can maneuver, you know. And they'll, you know, they got somebody. They speak a little bit of both, you know. So they'll, they'll talk to you, you know. But they know you ain't from here. <laughs> they already know you're a foreigner, you know. And I put here, see, there's a lot to be said about that. See, with that being said, what country do you identify with more? That's a question for you. The world you come out of or the heaven that's now your country? Who do you identify with more? Now. Remember, we're in the world as ambassadors, but we're not of it. And I put it here, see, the level of your consecration is determined by the degree of your separation. How consecrated are you, are you to get? How comfortable are you around sin? You know, when somebody tells a dirty joke around me, man, I, I, I cringe on the inside. I don't laugh. I cringe. I don't like to hear that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to hear dirty language. I don't like that. I watch a movie, and I, I hit a couple of curse words start going, man. I got, I, I can't, I got to stop watching it. I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't like hearing that. You know what I'm saying? I started seeing certain things. I'm like, I just, I, can't, I you know, I can't watch it. I can't do that, you know. And I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm real holy or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is, you know, the more, you know, the closer you begin to get uh, to God, the, the more consecrated you become to him, the more separate you are from the stuff you used to do. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I used to drink like crazy. <laughs> I used to drink like crazy. I used to get 32 ounces of old, old English <laughs> and a bag of Skittles. <laughs> I down it, you know, and then I I eat me some Skittles because <laughs> I didn't never like the taste of alcohol. I just like being drunk. <laughs> oh man! So I used to go to, you know, I, I mean, I, I remember one night. My God, man! I said I'm never gonna, you know, how you be praying to the to that porcelain, <laughs> to the porcelain, you know. I was sitting there one night, you know, I went to this party. And this guy kept giving me these running rum and cokes, you know, and I just kept taking them down. It, and it seemed like it was nothing, you know, but I mean, it was so tasty, you know, so I'm throwing them back. I had like 14, 15 of them. Next thing you know, man, I was on fire, man. I was like, <laughs> I was drunk like crazy, man. I came home, I never forget it. The room, it was like I laid down, the room started spinning. 
never forgot it. And man, I threw up like crazy that night. I said, I'll never drink like that again, that's it. But we always say never, right? And the next thing you know, you're back down in the same place again. But now I can't stand it, you know? When the first thing I did, you know, when I really started walking with God, I poured, I had all this alcohol underneath my, um, underneath my, uh, my um, sink. I had all these bottles of alcohol underneath my sink. I poured them all down the, the, the drain. I said, that's it, I'm done with that, man. Stop messing around with women like that. He was messing around with women like crazy. But see, as you become more consecrated, you separate yourself. You, you, can't, you can't just do those things anymore and feel good about it. The more consecrated. If you, if you are feeling good about it, there's an issue. And you really have to consecrate yourself unto God. So anyway, let me move on. And I want to, because I want to get to something. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get to all of this. But I'm going to try to get to as much as I can. Amen. Anyway, so God, he consecrates you. He separates you from the world. And then he expects you to consecrate yourself, to sanctify yourself, which means I'm going to separate myself unto God. You know, the things that I I used to do, I'm going to abstain from those things because it doesn't please him. Now, again, I'm not talking about living perfect. You know, none of us, nobody's perfect but Jesus. We all mess up. I'm not talking about living a a perfect life. I'm talking about doing your best to serve him. That's it. Not to be intentionally sinning. That's the issue with God, being intentional about it. Like, I'm doing my thing. I don't care what you think about it. Let me move on, man. I got to keep moving. Turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 8. Verses 20 through 24. Now, I want, now, this is what I kind of want to get ready to wrap up this message with and get ready to close with. That is this. Sanctification and consecration is really for your protection. It's really for your protection, and it's because God really wants to bless you. But he can't bless sin. If you're living for yourself and you're living for the, like the devil, he's not going to bless you. Now, I want to show you how God begins to consecrate us. Cause I, I, and I think this is an appropriate place to get ready to close, especially with everything that's going on you know, in our lives right now. You need to understand that God has consecrated you. God has sanctified you. He has separated you from the rest of the world. Now, in Exodus chapter 8, verses 20 through 24, this is the Amplified. It says, Now the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh as he is coming out to the water of the Nile. And say to him, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go so that he may serve me. And he says, for if you do not let my people go, hear this, I will send swarms of blood-sucking insects on you and on your servants and on your people and into your houses. And the houses of the Egyptians will be full of swarms of insects as well as the ground on which they stand. Now he says, I'm about to, I'm, I'm, I'm about to release this plague on you. But this is what I want to get to. He says, but on that day, I will separate, I will consecrate, I will sanctify, right? And set apart the land of Goshen where my people are living so that no swarms of insects will be there. And he says he's doing that so that you may know without any doubt and acknowledge that I, the Lord, am, the, am in the midst of the earth. And he says, and I will put a division or a distinction between my people and your people. By tomorrow, he says, this sign shall be evidence. And of course, he hits Egypt with these blood-sucking things, but there was no thing like that at all in the land of Goshen. And as you really, if you begin to read, for a while, you know, the Israelites were experiencing some of those early plagues. And then he says, now I'm going to put a distinction. Now I'm going to separate my people from your people. And you're going to know. And you start seeing how, you know, he, when he hit, the, he hit Egypt with a darkness that the Bible says that they could feel. It was so dark that they could feel it. I mean, for, and for days, they could not see anything. They didn't even move out of their house. It was so dark. But the Bible says in Goshen it was light. (laughs) I mean, all of these plagues are hitting Egypt. 
And he says, you know, tell them to bring in all of their cattle because I'm going to send hail and all this stuff, you know. And, all, and the people, you know, people started to fear God. And they started bringing their cattle in. And some people says, we don't believe that. And all their cattle died. But in Goshen, not one animal. <laughs> not one animal died. But he says, see, I'm going to put a distinction between my people and your people. And I put here, see, there's a divine protection that comes with sanctification, consecration, and separation. Here, the Israelites begin to enjoy the benefits of being set apart for God. As a result of being sanctified, they were protected from the plagues that God brought upon Egypt. Even though they were living in Egypt, they were afforded special protection because they were consecrated by God. And I put here, so don't, don't look at consecration as a bad thing. Don't look at it as, oh, God, I can't do this. I can't do that, you know. Don't look at consecration as a bad thing. Consecration is for your protection. And it's also so that God can release his blessings and his favor upon you. And I put here, yes, you got to live right to remain sanctified. But again, it's for your benefit and for your protection. There are blessings and benefits that come with living a sanctified and a consecrated life. There are. There are benefits with it. God begins to set you apart. God begins to see when you give somebody favor, that means you are preferring them over someone else. God releases favor on his children and he gives you advantages. He opens up doors that would normally not be open for you. He gives you opportunities that you would normally not have. You may get a job, you know, that you are not as qualified for. Because God turns somebody's heart toward. I've had people just say to me, yeah, I just, you know, I had people that were more qualified than I was, but those people, people liked me better. And see, they don't even know why they like me. You know? But it's God that turns their heart. See, the Bible says the heart of kings is in the hand of the Lord. And like the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever way he wills. See, God can turn hearts of people towards you with favor. You know, the Bible says that, that promotion, it doesn't come from the, the east or from the west or from the south. But God is the judge. He raises one up and he puts another down. See, if you, if you have favor with God, you don't even have to worry about getting favor with man. You ain't got to kiss. You ain't never have to kiss another person's butt. Ever in your life. You give favor with God, he will give you favor with man. He will turn people's, they won't even know why. You know, the Bible says, even enemies. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. My God, man. I mean, he'll give you favor that will blow your mind. I was just preaching, you know, on Psalms 23. The Bible says that goodness, mercy, and unfailing love will follow you all the days of your life. So, you know, when I walk out the door, see, I see, see as, a, as a, a son or daughter of the Most High, you need to begin to expect that. When I leave the house in the morning, I know I got favor, man. I'm like, Open up the door. Don't slam the door in goodness and mercy's face. You know, come on, goodness and mercy. Follow me. Let's go. <laughs> Don't leave goodness and mercy at home. Let's go. Come on with me. <laughs> goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. See, goodness speaks of his divine favor, his blessings, opportunity. When I go places, I'll be believing God for favor, man. I go to motor vehicles, man. I'll be believing God for favor. I'd be like, God, don't give me no nasty person behind there. I'm, pr I'm praying that you give me somebody that will give me favor in Jesus' name. I get up there, man, somebody just got finished cursing somebody out. <laughs> and I walk up there and I get favor. See, you start, see, see you, you, you begin to see, sanctified, being sanctified, right? Is this, not, this ain't, you know, because people make it sound like it's something spooky. I'm sanctified. And you think these, you know, people are, I'm, I'm sanctified. You know, that just means you're separated unto God. That means you're his unique, you're his special treasure. You know, the Bible says that he that touches you is like 
those that touch the apple of God's eye. You become the apple of God's eye. He separates you. And he says, now I want you to just separate yourself. Don't touch that stuff because if you begin to touch it, I can't bless you. I can't bless sin. I can't do that. I don't, don't touch that. Not because, you know, I'm trying to keep something from you. I don't want you to touch that because I know the consequences that sin brings. It brings consequences. You give the devil a place in your life. You know, the Bible says, give the devil no place. When you begin to sin, you open up the door for demonic activity. For the devil to begin to touch you in areas that he should not be able to. That's what he's trying to keep you from. Oh, he's trying to stop me from having a good time. No, he's not trying to stop you from having no good time. You know, when I first got saved, before, you know, I gave my life to Jesus, and then I was just like, man, I just can't, I can't do all of this, man. I can't, I can't live like that, man. I, got, I still want to do my thing, you know. I wanted to continue to have, you know, sex and stuff like that. That was my thing. And then I needed, but I needed to understand and see, God was trying to protect me. You know, not, oh, I don't want you to have fun. No, I don't want you to get something you can't get rid of. How about that? How about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, trying to protect you from things. I never forget it, you know. I never, I never forget. See, because God is so merciful. Because I almost, you know, I, I know there was incidences where I almost, in my sin, almost died. But he spared me. I never forget, man. I was in, I was, it was raining like crazy one night. And I was drinking like crazy, right? I just came from this party. And I'm in my car and I'm driving. I got this car full of people, right? And I always had a sound system in my car that was loud. That was <laughs> that sound system worth was worth more than a car. <laughs> you know, man, it was loud. And I got it turned all the way up. And I fall asleep at the wheel. Literally, I fall asleep at the wheel. And I'm right, I'm on Central Avenue in East Orange, right by McDonald's. That's where I was at. Central Avenue, East Orange. And there was a light right there, and it was raining. And I'm, I fall asleep at the wheel. And I was like, God, I woke up, and I was like, like and, and I almost ran right into this, this car. I stopped just that short. In the rain. I just missed this car. And I'm like, it was just as if God shook me. <laughs> you know, woke me up. I'd have been splattered all over the windshield. Thank God, man, you know. But, but see, God in his mercy. And he know he knew, see, one day I'm going to have you. And you're doing your thing now. <laughs> one day you're going to be mine, you know. You're going to be mine one day. You know, I'm going to preserve you because you're going to be mine, you know. And I would do crazy things, you know. And, you know, I always, I always knew, I always knew, like, I had, a, I had a God consciousness. You know, I was doing my thing, but I had a God consciousness, you know. I always, I always knew that God was real. Like, since I was 16 years old, I had an experience with God. So I knew he was real. I was touched. God touched me when I was young, you know. But I, 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 I couldn't, I said, I'm a, I, I got to wait till I get older because I'm not, I'm not through living the life, you know. But I knew he was real. I knew he was always there. But I just could not give up the life. So anytime I started getting in trouble, I knew how to pray. I started praying. I mean, I'm living like the devil. <laughs> I am praying, you know. But God is so, he's so merciful, man. I remember, I never forget. And I am telling all these crazy stories. But I never forget here. I'm, I'm in my car, you know. Now I tell you, I got the sound system on, you know. Sunday come, I tell you about the God consciousness I had. Sunday come, and they want to turn my radio on. My friends, I'm like, we don't listen to that on Sundays. <laughs> here I am living like the devil. <laughs> it's Sunday, we're not going to listen to that. <laughs> crazy man you know you do crazy things when you out there but I but I, I I see I knew God was real man but see when it was time got me man he sanctified me separated me unto himself and he says see you did all that crazy stuff he says now nah. and I mean like the ultimate 
like the ultimate thing. You know, I'm going to make you a pastor. <laughs> I'm going to have you preaching the gospel <laughs> that you once, you know, was telling people you ain't want to hear about. Now you preaching it. <laughs> but he separated me unto himself. Sanctify me. Consecrate me. And see, you guys are separated unto him. He's separated unto you into himself. Now he's saying, I want you to separate yourself. Consecrate yourself. To the degree that you do so will be to the degree that you'll open up yourself for more of his blessings and favor. No question about that. Now, I got into that today. I, I wanted to get into something else. I'm not going to really be able to do it, but I will pick up on this Thursday because um, I believe this is... This is um, I believe it's really important for you to know these aspects about God because God is so multifaceted. See, we try to put God in this little box, <laughs> but he's so multifaceted. He's like a diamond. See, a diamond is multifaceted. If you begin to turn a diamond, it'll glimmer and shine in different areas because there's different facets of it. And that's how God is. You begin to see, see because just as as merciful God is, He's, he also is a God of judgment. Now, he don't want to judge. You know, the Bible says that he delights in mercy, but judgment is a strange work. See, he don't want to, he don't want to, he don't want to lose judgment, but he will. Because he's also, because he, he's also a man of war. He's also a God of judgment. He'll, see, as loving as God is. And see, all people want to talk about is the love of God. All people want to talk about is the mercy of God. But that same God that loves you like crazy, you know, one day said, you know what, I'm tired of uh, all this stuff happening in Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and it's over. And he said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to save Noah and his family, everybody else, done. <laughs> you know, as loving as he is. So it comes a point, you know, and God is saying, I want you to sanctify yourself unto me. Separate yourself. I want to separate you from the world. See, the world, I believe, and see, the reason why I'm bringing that part up is because, see, the, the world is going through a whole lot right now. And we're in it. But we're not of it. See, there's a difference between being in it and being of it. And see, God wants to separate you from all of the craziness that's happening on this planet right now. And he wants to consecrate you unto himself. And that's why, you know, again, the most, the, 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 the scripture that we've been standing on is Psalms 91, right? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We will say of the Lord that he is our refuge, our fortress, our high tower. And goes on to talk about although a thousand may fall by my side, ten thousand may fall by my right hand. It will not come near us. It will not come near me. I will only as a spectator watch and see. But I will remain safe in the secret place. See, a lot of us are watching through a window right now. A lot of people are, you know, dying and this is happening, that happening. And we're like looking through a window. Because God has us, many of us, safe in his secret place. You're affected, right? Because you see it. And, 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 and with some people, it's closer, you know, family, friends, and stuff like that. But many of you have been kept in that secret place. So we're going to close right here. But I want everybody to just lift your hands to Jesus as we get ready to close. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we get ready to close today, I thank you, Lord God, for your word to us. I thank you for being Jehovah Mekadesh, the Lord who sanctifies us, the Lord that consecrates us, separates us for his holy purpose and use. And because of that sanctification, because of that consecration, I am separated unto you and separated from the rest of the world. 
We are aliens and strangers on this planet. We are citizens of heaven. And we have, we are on a diplomatic mission to rescue the lost and win them unto you. And Father, we pray that you give us the grace to not entangle ourselves too much with the cares of this world, but to be focused on the kingdom and drawing people into the kingdom. And for Father, for it, we just thank you. We bless you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor. I pray that your people receive this word today and that it will be burned in their hearts and in their minds. Let us receive it. And Father, for it, we thank you and bless you. We give you all the praise, the glory. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, if you're here today, you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, you never have given your life to Jesus before, and you want to do that today. Today, the process of consecration and sanctification can be begun. As God, as you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, he will begin to separate and consecrate you to himself. So if you're here today and you never accepted Jesus and you want to do that, I want to pray for you. If you have backslidden, you know you are and you want to get it right with God again, I want to pray for you. If that's you, stand up here. If that's you watching, just right where you are, I want you to get ready to just pray this very simple prayer with me. And I want everybody to do it together. Let's just do that. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe in my heart. I, I confess with my mouth that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead to make me right with God. Now, Heavenly Father, I accept the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, come on, let's just give Jesus a praise here. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's just give Jesus a shout of praise. Amen. 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 All right, let me bless you now. I may the Lord bless you, keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious and merciful and kind to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, grant you his holy peace in Jesus' matchless name. I want everybody to say, I'm blessed and I can't be cursed in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. I love you. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. We will see you Thursday, 5 p.m. We are open. You can come if you like or we'll be on Facebook at 5 p.m. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have an awesome day. We'll see you Thursday.